Amen. How awesome. Praise the Lord, huh? Praise God. Well, as, as Carmina uh, makes her way out, if you could turn in your Bibles to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. And we're going to be reading uh, verses 17 through 41 this morning. We're digging into the Word of God. So go ahead and open up to Acts chapter 2, verses 17 through 41. And I'm going to start reading in verse 17. We'll read all the way to 41. So this will be a little bit of a reading marathon. So by God's grace, stick with us here. And starting in verse 17. And in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my male servants and female servants in those days, I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in the heavens above, and signs on the earth below, blood and fire, vapor of smoke, and the sun shall be turned to darkness, and the moon to blood, before the day of the Lord comes, the great and magnificent day. And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs that God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves know, this Jesus, delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, you crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. God raised him up, loosing the pangs of death because it was not possible for him to be held by it. For David says concerning him, I saw the Lord always before me, for he is at my right hand and that I may not be shaken. Therefore, my heart was glad and my tongue rejoiced. My flesh also was dwelling in hope. For you will not abandon my soul to Hades or let your Holy One see corruption. You have made known to me the paths of life and you will make me full of gladness with your presence. Brothers, I say to you with confidence about the patriarch David, that he both died and was buried, and his tomb is with us to this day. Being therefore a prophet and knowing that God had sworn an oath to him that he would set one of his descendants on his throne, he foresaw and spoke about the resurrection of Christ, that he would not be abandoned to Hades, nor his flesh see corruption. This Jesus God raised up, and of that we are all witnesses, being therefore exalted to the right hand of God, And having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has poured out this that you yourselves are seeing and hearing. For David did not ascend into the heavens, but he himself says, The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. Now, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. And with many other words, he bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, Save yourselves from this crooked generation. So those who received his word were baptized, and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. Let's pray together. Father, thank you 
for the reading and the hearing of your word. God, it is a privilege and an honor to hear the word of God. Thank you so much for Carmina and her boldness and her courage to share her testimony, to get baptized, to follow you in believer's baptism. What a, what a privilege and honor it was to do that. And Lord, we thank you for her testimony of Christ and we thank you for the word of God being read. Lord, help us to process it well. Help us to change. Be with every Christian. Help them to change. And Lord, for those who do not yet know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, would you bring salvation to their heart and their mind this morning? In Christ's name we pray. Amen. So we are continuing our spring series called The Birth of the Church. Now, we only have one more week of this series, and I just have to say to the church, it has been so fun to preach out of the book of Acts. I love it. I've loved every sermon so far. I'm looking forward. I'm looking into like, how could we go through the entire book of Acts? How could that happen? That would be an amazing journey for us. But I have so been privileged and honored to be your preacher. And, and I'm, I'm thinking through the book of Acts in new ways. I'm learning so much. And by God's grace, we'll do this for one more week, just covering the rest of Acts chapter 2. Um, as, as a complimentary resource, I just want to remind you again, we have these books available in the foyer called I Am a Church Member. So these are kind of complimentary resources to the book of Acts as you're learning about the, the church and how the church functions. Those books are first come, first serve. You can grab one of those on your way out. That's a gift from us to you. May God bless you as you grab that book and read it. But the title of my message this morning is The Church's First Sermon. The Church's First Sermon. At Pentecost, the Apostle Peter, in this text, steps up in front of a large crowd thousands, tens of thousands, some really big estimates, or there are over a hundred thousand people sitting, waiting to hear the message of Peter. This is a very big crowd. And Peter steps up and he preaches the first sermon in the history of the church. And what a sermon it was. Peter's big idea or his text, it's kind of like a preacher's dream. I get to preach somebody else's sermon, right? Amen? I get to preach this other sermon. I don't even have to make up the points. The points are right there. All I have to do is regurgitate them to you this morning. But Peter's first sermon centered on the certain truth that Jesus Christ was both Lord and Messiah. That is the big idea of the text. It centers on verse 36. Let all the house of Israel know for certain that God has made him... Jesus, both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. Peter says, let it be known for real, for certain. It's confident that that Jesus Christ, whom you crucified, is both Lord and Messiah. He is master and anointed one. He is both of those things, and that's Peter's message. So my question this morning is very simple. What were Peter's main, main points? Every preacher worth his salt has points, amen? Every preacher worth his salt's got points to his sermon, so you can follow along. What were Peter's points in this very first sermon of the church? Well, we're going to look at three points that Peter brings to the table, and by God's grace, let that impact our lives. Peter's first point in his very first message is this, this is the messianic age. 
Peter is making a point at the very beginning of the sermon, this is the messianic age, verses 17 through 21. So in verse 17, it says, in the last days, it shall be, the Lord declares, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh and I will pour out my spirit on the daughters who will prophesy. The young men will see visions. Old men will dream dreams and my male and female servants in those days, I will pour out my spirit and they will prophesy. First thing you need to know about Peter's sermon is that he is going to quote scripture right away. So verses 17 through 21 are a quote from the Old Testament prophet Joel. Joel chapter 2, verses 28 through 32 is what Peter is quoting here. And he's clearly referring to Joel's passage of scripture. And Joel is clearly referring to the end times, the day of the Lord. Now, in these last days, Peter said, last is at last in a series. So the messianic age was being kicked off And Peter was making an announcement that the death and resurrection of Christ, the ascension of Christ, and Pentecost is the beginning of a new thing, a new age called the Messianic Age. Now, you and I live in the Messianic Age. Did you know that? We live right now, right here, in the Messianic Age that Peter is talking about, that Joel is talking about. We live in that. Now, Peter was saying Right now is the kickoff moment. Pentecost is the kickoff event of the Messianic age. It's kicking off. It's starting. Now it's 2,000 years later. It is 2022. Do you guys think we're at the beginning or the end of the Messianic age? Well, it depends on, you know, what news you're following, right? Because most of us think, well, we're probably towards the middle or towards the end, depending on how much of an end times freak you are. You, you, you probably put it on some sort of scale. But Peter said this, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. The spirit's arrival in the upper room, pouring out the Holy Spirit through the strong wind and the tongues of fire was the beginning of the fulfillment of the messianic age. So the messianic age would be an age of prophecy, of visions and dreams given to people through the power of the Holy Spirit. Spirit-driven Prophecy, visions, and dreams have been happening since Pentecost. I want you to understand. The Spirit is pouring out manifestations of the, of, of the new covenant or of the messianic age. So when people come up to you and say, hey, I've, I, I think I had a dream about you or I had a vision from God or I have a word from God for you, okay, you need to receive that, right, with a certain amount of wisdom and good faith, Okay. Messianic age tells us that there will be prophecy, there will be visions, there will be all these different things that happen given by the Spirit of God from the time of Pentecost till the time of Jesus' return. So it's still happening today, right? There are manifestations of the Spirit towards prophecy, visions, and dreams.